Hello and welcome to this special Scots Radio Extra. In fit we join the gathering at the launch of the biography about the life of singer-songwriter Michael Mara. Arrest This Moment by James Robertson was launched earlier this year at the Dundee Literary Festival. Ali Heather was at the launch at the Bonner Hall in Dundee and Ali joins me now. That was quite a gathering, Ali, wasn't it? It was something else. Kenwood, it's so good to be doing in Dundee these days. Bonner Hall itself is absolutely hoaching with the cream of Dundee's kind of cultural scene. Abdi, that's the only buddy that was there for the night. And uh, it was great to see it sell out for a man like Michael, sell out well in advance. Uh, it's good generally to be in Dundee because doing the waterfront, you hear the V&A being built up there. You hear the rejuvenated McManus galleries, the Dundee reps going from strength to strength. And Abdi just seems to be stotting about with their shoulders back, quite proud to call themselves a Dundonian. And uh, yeah, that magnetism that Michael brings to it, he's coming along just at the right time. This biography's come out the same year, uh, this year. They've had the digital release of all his back catalogue, so it's now easy to get. And this new generation of folk are discovering Michael mm-hmm. at just the right time that Dundee's rejuvenating its identity. That's great. Right. Before we get into the story in the book, let's hear from the man himself. This was recorded at the, the Bonner Hall uh, a few years ago. Michael Mara singing, Eno's our time favourites. Mother Glasgow. This is another song from a theatre show, which I never got a chance to record. Um, actually, I think it was maybe the best show I was ever in. It was with a man called Frank McConnell, who is a dancer. And the show was called A Wee Home From Home. And um, the show was set in Glasgow. So we were trying to deal with the subject of sectarianism. So um, I wrote this song which would deliberately try to keep quite bonny because Frank was doing a horrific sectarian dance <laughs> which went along with it. Um, but it was a great show and I, I, I really enjoyed it. So here's a song from it. And the Kane brothers made a very good job of this one. It's called Mother Glasgow. second city of the empire Mother Glasgow nurses all her wings And working hard to feed her little starlings Unconsciously she clips their little wings And Mother Glasgow's sucker is perpetual Nestling the belly and the temper Dreamed I took a dander with St. Mungo To try to catch a fish that couldn't swim Among the silent bells and flightless birdies Father Glasgow knows his starlings well But he will not make his own way up to heaven By waltzing all his charges into hell And Mother Glasgow's sucker is perpetual Nestling the belly and the temp I dreamed I took a dander with St. Mungo to try to catch a fish that couldn't swim For the tree and the bird and the fish 
and the bell Let Glasgow flourish Thank you very much. Michael Mara with his song, Mother Glasgow. Now, writing a biography at the best of times must be difficult, but James Robinson had a, a fair tackle on here, even though he's good at crafting complicated ideas. To come up with a biography that would tackle Michael's story and be different and write about a national treasure and a much-missed closed ball at the same time, that is pressure rally, I would say. Ah, it That's certainly pressure. is. It was helped by the fact they both bed together for a long time in Newtile, Bonnywood Nook and my own native Angus. And Newtile itself is a place that suits them both very well. Because although it's dead bonny and it's sorry, and it's in amongst the berry fields and all that, it isn't pretentious in the least. It's a quiet place where folk can get the space to be creative. And it's great that they got this time together. And I think that comes across that kind of that sense of them being good pals comes across really strongly in the book. That's what Mark says. A biography, but near a biography, exactly as James that. himself said. Exactly that. Well, right, let's get into the book launch at the Bonner Hall in Dundee, as I said, and you spoke to a few folk. First, of course, was the author, James Robertson. So I'm here with James Robertson at the launch arrest this moment, the new Michael Mara biography. Let's start with a simple question. Why write a biography of Michael Mara? Uh, because he's a really important figure culturally and musically in, in contemporary Scotland. Uh, I, I think his songs will continue to be played, sung, listened to for 50, 100 years and hopefully long, long before, uh, after that as well. Um, he had a great uh, admiration for Robert Burns and in a weird, weird kind of say you could say that Michael is you know, our current Robert Burns or was our current Robert Burns before he sadly passed away. Um, he was also a personal friend of mine which uh, really uh, you know, is important. I really wanted to, to do this book to, to just re reveal him to as many people as possible. Right, and Michael Mara, you say often the book is a real Dundonian at heart. The city room looms really large in his writing and in the book itself. What was the relationship like between the man and the tune? Um, well, unless I go back to our generations, uh, I'm no a Dundonian, but uh, he was Tez Maro. It was right in his veins. And, 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 and you can tell, he once had a, 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 a wee thing where he said that um, uh, Charlie Mingus, the jazz player, had... Uh, um, had written a book, a an autobiography called Beneath the Underdog and Michael said that they should stick that on the sign underneath the city of Dundee when you came in through, uh, came into Dundee and I think what he was saying was that Dundee has always had a, uh, a quite, quite a hard kind of um, people have given it a hard time in the, in, the, in, the, in the press and so on and I think what he was saying was that actually it's a wonderful place from which to view the world um, because it has always been viewed as a bit of the underdog and Michael was always sympathetic to people who were down on their luck and, and were maybe, you know, were the underdogs in, in society, always felt for them. And, and I think that's maybe, that's the Dundonian in him coming out. Could Michael himself be thought of as an underdog, Jake? Uh, possibly. Um, he certainly was beneath the radar for a lot of the time when he was alive, you know, and, and although there were loads of folk that kept his music and loved it, there were an awful lot of folk that... I'd never really heard it at all and I think maybe now five years on after his death it's maybe possible 
that, 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 that he can reach a wider audience, which is kind of ironic that that should happen, you know, when he's no longer with us. But um, so maybe in that sense, you could say, you know, he's an underdog in the sense that you know his fame is really growing now that he's now that he's a what. On that subject, the publicity around this book and uh, Alice Mara's new album as well, celebrating his life, bringing new folk, young guns, to uh, to become aware of Michael Mara. Right. If you were to give the young folk of Dundee one album to go and listen to, to Ken about Michael, which one would you choose? I would probably choose Posted Sober, uh, which I think is a really amazingly brilliant album, and it contains songs like uh, Frida Kahlo's Visit to the Taybridge Bar and uh, Reenacted Paradise and, uh, and the, uh, the, the song uh, Scribbled Down, Drunk and Posted Sober, All Will Be Well, it's kind of a great hymn of, of optimism. Uh, it's full of fantastically, fantastic musicianship and great, great music. So I would say start there. But the, the beauty of today is that um, all of his back catalogue has been re-released uh, and it can be digitally downloaded because it used to be very difficult to get hold of Michael's music on CDs and LPs and things but now actually you can get it on the internet with relative ease and I hope that opens up its music to a whole range of new and younger folk. So just one final question. You used to bide out in New Tile in Angus uh, just next to Michael. Aye. What was he like in his later years? In his later years? Well, well that's really when I kept him. I kept him for the last nine years of his life and he was... Uh, a kind, considerate, uh, quiet man, very modest, um, um, but always thoughtful and always intelligent. And whenever he came around and we used to yak, yak away to each other, he would always show me uh, the world from an angle that I had to thought of. And, 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 and one of the reasons why I, I miss him so much is because he was always able to shine a light on the world from an angle that, I'd never, that I would never have come, come, come from. And that, that to me was, a, was one of his great uh, assets, one of, his, one of his great gifts was to be able to look at the world from a different place. Well, that's smashing. Thanks so much for your time tonight, James. I can hear the guy busy, so I'll let you go. Best Thanks luck with the book. Thanks very much. Cheers. James Robertson speaking to Ali Heather, and Ali is with my new. We're speaking about the launch of James's biography about Dundonian singer-songwriter, the late Michael Mara. And as I said earlier, near an easy job, Ali, to come up with something that's far away from the conventional style of a biography, but the book manages that task beautifully, intertwining a life story with Michael's prose, his photos, and bits of conversation for Michael himself. This is a very personal biography, isn't it? That is, and that's what... We're kind of that was the most impressive thing about uh, the night of the Bonner Hall. You had folk telling hilarious stories, hanging about with Michael in the old days. You had uh, Alice Mara's daughter singing songs, and it was in, in some ways just a packed gig and a great night. But then you got wee readings for James, reading for the book itself, and just for his voice and for his sentiment, you got an idea of how personal a journey it's been for himself to escribe a book about his good pal. Right in this recording for the launch, James reads an extract Facebook. This is, a, this, I'm just going to ask you, this is a piece that, I've, I interviewed a lot of people for the book, I, I'm sure there's folk probably there in the audience going, you didn't interview me. <laughs> I apologise for that, I kind of ran out of time, um, uh, and we can talk about that as well, and this, yeah. to me there's, there's, there's an awful lot more that could be said about Michael uh, beyond the confines of this one book. But um, this is a, a, a piece that was sent to me by Hamish Moore, is Hamish here tonight? He said he was, he is. Yes, excellent. Um, Hamish is a distinguished piper and bagpipe maker, and um, uh, he and Dick Lee, the saxophonist, put out an album um, in the early 1990s called Farewell to Decorum, and uh, they asked Michael to produce it. 
So I'm going to read you um, pretty much uh, all of what Hamish said about that. Um, so um, this is what Michael wrote on the sleeve notes of this album, which they put together in uh, a studio in Edinburgh. So this is Michael speaking to begin with. A good producer always heats the pot first, then into the jungle with Hamish and Dick, specky knobbage, I'll come back to that in a minute, and a thousand switches, hundreds of K-bites and old hieroglyphics, battling monsters and mounted polis to rescue the pipes from the warlords and hurl the blues at the sun and moon. These sessions were precious. Sometimes I left my shoes at the door. The players all excelled in skill and spirit, and the music was an adventure. This is as it should be, and long may these men hurl. And then Hamish says, this sums it up really, it was an extraordinary ex experience. Michael and I stayed in Rod Patterson's flat, Rod's here as well tonight, in the high street during the two weeks of recording sessions. Michael was happy being called either Michael or Mick, but not Mike. We woke every morning and then went to a particular week cafe in the high street for breakfast. Always the same cafe, always the same fry up. Michael always stopped at the same newspaper seller and bought a Scotsman and a Glasgow Herald. He would scan through one as we ate our breakfast and the other as we drank our coffee. Then a taxi for Granton to Pete Haig's studio. Pete was delightfully renamed Specky Knobbage in the sleeve notes because he wore glasses and his desk had a thousand knobs. <laughs> we laughed a lot. Mick took his baffies to the studio and dug himself into a comfy studio couch for each day's recording. The work was long and hard and he, with humour and good nature, made sure we got it right. As producer, he kept his ears and eyes on us, the arrangements, the tuning, and the content. But he also made a few invaluable contributions himself, the most notable being the singing of the last verse of Hamish Henderson's Freedom Come All Ye. His interpretation was magnificent, and he did it in one take. When I interviewed Gordon McLean from Antober, he said that Michael was a one-take man. Um, uh, when he made his way back up from the basement recording room to the control centre, we all congratulated, um, con congratulated him on the take. Mick stunned us by casually saying, I, it was simple lads, I dropped my drawers to sing it. <laughs> Michael's take is a vital part of the last track on the album, 121292, uh, A March for Democracy, which is a collage of sounds of the great march of that day demanding a parliament for Scotland. We needed a dog barking on the track, and with a glint in his eye, Mick decided we should sample Brian Wilson's dog from Pet Sounds. And we did, and laughed. There's a subtle political joke in this. At the end of each working day, we immediately found a pleasing and easy routine, arriving for three pints in Bert's Bar in Stockbridge, a bus uptown, a fish supper in the grass market, and back to the flat. Once back in the flat, I would be thinking about bed after a wee cup of tea. While Mick got to work, sitting on the floor, he would roll a large cigarette, put the TV on with the sound off, and start singing, humming, writing. One morning, when we met for breakfast, he handed me an envelope with some of his nighttime scribblings on it. This I still have as a treasured possession, and on it was the embryonic version of Schenectady calling Peary Willie Johnson. These times shared with Michael were precious for me, and in amongst all the memories of the studio, the fish suppers, witnessing the making of what was to become one of his best songs, the laughing and the baffies, the most wonderful experiences were just walking down the street with him, taking a dander with him as he did with St Mungo, and listening to his extraordinary observations on absolutely everything he saw. He was unique. Thank you very much, Hamish. James Robertson reading the next track for his biography about Michael Mara.
This is another of Michael's songs. This is for the album Posted Sober. This is Letter to Perth. We will bathe in the sunlight. We will howl at the moon. I want to talk to the trees. Check out the smell of the blossoms and the blooms. I want to dance with you, baby. Spend my time in a constructive way Hold you close while I tell you that I love you The way I will until my dying day There's a light at the end of the tunnel I can see it peeking through Big light must shine on someone May as well be me and you I would rock in your sweet and tender arms If I wasn't doing time I have to get this message to you baby It's a beautiful day and I feel fine I have some paper and a pen I have precious words to say I decided not to kill myself now I feel fine, it's a beautiful day there's a light at the end of the tunnel I can see it peeking through Big light must shine on someone May as well be me and you Baby, me and you
was Letter for Perth, written and sung by Michael Mara. And in this special Scotch Radio Extra, we're speaking about The Gathering at the launch of a biography about Michael Mara, written by James Robertson. Launch was at the Dundee Literary Festival, and my companion Ali Heather was there. As we said, that was a special gathering, Ali. And Files, did you speak to him? Well, of course, it isn't a cultural event in Dundee unless Billy Kay's on the scene. So I had a good leather with him. Uh, he and Michael worked together a lot over the years on various projects. Uh, although he and Michael weren't close friends, they both hail for that same generation of Scots, who weren't feared to declare Scotland's place in the world loud and clear. And if you didn't mind me saying, you, Frida, are probably part of the same generation. Says so Michael was working into his dreary, looking out for Dundee at the world and putting into Sanger and he saw, Billy was tracing the travels of Scots out for Dundee and otherwhere to the far reaches of the earth. So in their there's a kind of kinship of work between the two, and that comes across in this chat with Billy here. I'm speaking with Billy Kay, broadcaster and journalist, uh, who worked a lot over the years through the 80s and 90s and 2000s with Michael on numerous projects. The first time they came together was a Dundee-based play called The Fairly Mac You Work. That's based on the great song by Mary Brooksbank, The Fairly Mac You Work for your 10 and 9. A great folk song, become a great folk song, but written by a communist organiser in Dundee back in the 20s and 30s. And my play, The Fairly Mighty Work, was set among the jute workers, jute spinners in Dundee eh, in that period. See, that was based on, actually I can tell you a story, but I was recalling that last night here at the Dundee Literary Festival. The first night I was in Dundee ever, a friend of mine, Jim Reid, who's a great singer, songwriter. So the first night, a Friday night, he took me to visit Sarah Craig, who'd been a communist organiser, so she was politically very astute, very active, and then Mrs Coburn in Dura Street. And Mrs Coburn was the opposite, she wasn't politically organised whatsoever. In fact, she came away with memorable lines that are repeated in the play. One of them was referring to Winston Churchill. He was a humphy bucket twister. It didn't vote for him. It didn't hit time for washing clays, washing bairns, and looking after a bloody boozy man. Mrs. Coburn. When I wrote the play, it was days at Dundee Rep, sell to afore it opened, such as the Dundee thirst, truth for its own culture, sell to afore it opened, and then I and Michael Mara wrote songs for it, including a, a magnificent one called Here Comes the Week, which is about the, the kind of means test period in Dundee and he sung The Fairly Matty Work and he sung a Wiener Grace songs in that production. Later on I made a television documentary about Dundee that he was in and uh, I also did a documentary, a radio documentary just about Michael uh, which was called Hermless, a portrait of Michael Mara and for that I interviewed some members of his family and I interviewed Andy Pelz, or also known as St Andrew in the Woolen Mill. What a, an off-the-wall, unusual vision Michael had in the world, and that came out in everything he did. I remember actually just running into him, coming back to a gig in Edinburgh, and we got the train 
No, a gig in Glasgow and getting the train back to Dundee to Glasgow and having a great blather with him then. And what I remember, uh, he was talking about Archie Fisher, the great singer-songwriter, and uh, in the interview, he said something like, it was the time of Robbie Burns, I must have been doing a Burns gig and so was he. And he said something like, Burns is great, but Burns only gets his gigs once a year, whereas Archie Fisher, he just been a, a, a show with Archie Fisher, Archie's mere precious because he gets his gigs wrecked through the year. I remember him saying that. That's cool. Well, thanks a million for your reminiscence, Billy. Good speaking to you. You're very welcome. That was Billy Kay speaking to Ali Heather at the launch of James Robertson's biography card Arrest This Moment about the life of Dundee singer-songwriter Michael Mara. This is Michael on song again for the Posted Sober album. This is Frida Kahlo's visit to the Cambridge Bar. We were all flooded with a scarlet light Came through the window with the rain outside it all went quiet, the vision appeared With a rose in her hair and a ring in her ear And she said, Buenos dias, boys, this looks like the place Make my re-entry to the human race Here I'll stay till it's hasta la vista and I'm on my way And Vince said she was a woman to whom life had been cruel And she lived with a fat man of the naive school He liked his beer and he put it about Tonight's the night I want to dance with Jimmy Howie In the pale moonlight There'll be no more lies No more tears No more listening through the fat man's ears There'll be no more tears And no more lies No more looking through the fat man's eyes Flooded with a scarlet light Oi, Miguel, qué buen retrato
Michael Mara with his song, Frida Kahlo's Visit to the Tay Bridge Bar. Right, time for a, a, another song for Michael. This is All Will Be Well through the Gales Blue album. If you want to go out walking, I will sweep the street. I'll scan the horizon for malcontents and less than heavenly witness. I'll be three men in grey suits Looking upwards and downwards and all aroundwards I'll shield and protect you I'm here to defend you If you feel like dancing I'll be by your side With a big band, a fountain, a nearer drum and moonlight All will be well All Will Be Well for Michael Mara. We're speaking about James Robertson's biography about Michael Mara, Dundee singer, songwriter, and the launch in Dundee. 
My companion, Ali Heller, was at the lunch, and James mentioned Hamish Moore being there as well, Ali. You spoke to Hamish as well, didn't you? I did indeed. I, Hamish uh, worked in bed with Michael for a bit in Edinburgh, as they are both working on various projects. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael sang on uh, the Farewell to Decorum album back in the 90s. They're a chorus for the Freedom Come All Ye. I'm here at the launch of the new Arrest This Moment book, the biography of Michael Mara, and I'm speaking with Hamish Moore, Ken Speckle, pipe maker and piper himself, and old friend of Michael's. So Hamish, tell us a bit what it was like to work musically with Michael. Well, Alistair, it was a great privilege. Um, we asked, Dick Lee and I were just about to record our second CD, Farewell to Decorum, and we asked Michael if he would produce it, and he very graciously agreed um, and it was all recorded uh, in Pier House in Granton in Edinburgh. And um, but for the two-week recording sessions, Michael and I actually stayed together in, in Rod Patterson's flat in the High Street. And um, so he, he came, to the, went to the studio every day. Michael brought his baffies, took his shoes off, put his baffies on every day and and um, contributed greatly to the recording sessions. He was absolutely brilliant, had some great ideas, sang um, the last verse of the Freedom Camellia. Uh, he played a bass line on one of the tracks. Um, and then at the end of the day, we would go to a, a bar in Stockbridge and have um, three pints, uh, one bought by Dick, one bought by Michael and one bought by me. And then we would go for a fish supper and then go home and I would go to bed. Michael would roll a big cigarette, sit down in front of the TV with the sound down and uh, he would work all night writing. Or uh, And one of the highlights was the, one of the mornings I came down, he had the, um, the embryonic version of Schenectady calling Perry Willie Johnson on the back of an envelope, which I've still got. So, yeah, it was a great privilege working with him. And for all the reasons, he was, um, um, like was said tonight, he was always um, on the underdog side and he had fantastic powers of observation. You just needed to walk down the street with him and he would be observing things and seeing things through a different lens from the rest of the world. It was quite quite incredible, honestly, yeah. Any of the results of this book is there's been great publicity for Michael and it'll bring his music to a new generation. Yeah. If you were to give that new generation one track to listen to, to kind of a bit more about the man, mm. what would you, what track would you choose and why? Well, it, it, it might, it could be so many. I mean, so many great, um, so many great uh, songs that he wrote from Gales Blue, Gales Blue to. Um, the, the life of um, Francis Clark, his um, a family member who went out to America after he'd been ostracized by his family. He was a shipwright and um, uh, made a new life out, out in the Americas. Um, and just a beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah. But as I say, any anyone, all will be well. There's another one. That's a great song. Thanks for your time today. Okay, right, Ali. Cheers, man. Cheers. Hamish Moore speaking to Ali Heather. Right, what a gazer in that was, Ali, as we said earlier, in Dundee at the launch of the biography. But I think a fitting final in this special edition of Scots Radio is to give the last word to Michael's daughter, Alice Mara. Now, you, you caught up with Alice eventually in Aberdeen, didn't you? I certainly did, I. She was up playing a gig at Lemon Tree 
Uh, she's released her own album, Chain Up the Swings. It's a lovely album. It's, it's a real belter. Uh, she explains it better in the interview ahead with her, but it was great just to get a wee blether with her because uh, she worked closely with James on the biography. I did the rest of the Mara family. I'm here with Alice Mara, daughter of Michael, a four gig at Lemon Tree in support of her new record, Chain Up the Swings. First of all, let's start with the new biography of your father, Arrest This Moment. How was the process of this biography as an experience for the family? Um, well, it was a long process for a start. Um, yeah, it was difficult because we we always knew that you know we wanted a, a biography to happen at some point, but it had to be um, definitely had to be unconventional, you know, as the man himself was. So it took a while for us to know the best way into that, and you know we had a lot of meetings with James and tried to decide on the best way. But James, you know, was a, a close friend of Michael's. He was one of Michael's favourite people, so we we really did trust him to just kind of get on with it and see what happened and um, yeah every so often we'd have a read of what, what he wrote I think he was terrified of, of offending us or he wasn't sure if he was going about it the right way but um, I mean it's just absolutely perfect the way it was it couldn't have been any better so um, I knew that it was safe in James's hands really. Um, yeah well I mean he obviously did a lot of interviews with um, all the family and friends and lots of people who worked with Michael and just who knew him um, so a lot of that does come out in the book but um the the sort of kitchen conversations which which James came up with himself which they're actually my favourite bits you know um, and I knew he'd make a great job for it and he did great stuff it is a fantastic read the record I mentioned Chain Up the Swings is a record of some of Michael's tracks sang by yourself what motivated you to produce this record? Um, well, after Michael died, there were so many tributes started coming in and there were a lot of different tribute shows and lots of different artists started covering these songs, um, which is actually something that he he always kind of wanted to happen himself. He always thought of himself as a songwriter rather than a performer. And he was much happier if other people were covering his songs and he didn't have to sing them himself. So I think, you know, he would have been absolutely delighted to have heard all these amazing people covering all these songs. And I suppose I just kind of wanted to make my own tribute um, and I decided that maybe if I, if I made a record myself, one, it was my own sort of personal tribute to him and also sort of hoped that it would, you know, maybe take his music to some people who hadn't heard it before. This year we've seen the digital release of his back catalogue and of course Chain Up The Swings itself and there's been a lot of media around the book and a lot of kind of coverage in the paper, especially the Dundee press, but a lot of the Scottish press. Uh, what sort of image do you feel like, what legend is being written about Michael now, uh, kind of five years after his passing? Well, like I said before, I think, you know, it's really important that we kind of make sure his legacy lives on. And I know for the fact that there are a lot of people who are just hearing him for the first time now. And, you know, it's really important to the family that his music's kept alive. And um, I think it's great, you know, the the support that we've had from everybody and all the stuff that's happened, the back catalogue being made available is great because you just couldn't get hold of his of his records before that. Um, and I'm, you know, I hope that he would be pretty happy that you know his music is is living on as well. Yeah, it's mm. great. I mean, certainly, I didn't care too much about him. My pal was doing in Dundee. Didn't really know much about him. Can't about Hamish the goalie because we all go to Dundee yeah. United <laughs> and we presumed he was one of us. Got to find out who wasn't he. No, no. no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that that brings me to my next question. Really, like, there's a lot of folk that are just rediscovering him. Especially as Dundee's going through its own rejuvenation, rediscovering yeah. its own identity, it's kind of taken Michael with it, and this is arriving at just the right time. Mm-hmm. But for folk that are going out for the first time, looking at this quite broad back catalogue, what track would you pick out as something they could go and listen to? Um, it's a, such a difficult question because he he didn't have one particular style. So if you you know if you were to say the name of one track, you know, 
that's not essentially what Michael is because everything's so different. There's a lot of different styles of music in there. But I'd maybe go for something like um, Take Me Out Drinking Tonight, which was actually on his, his um, debut album, The Midas Touch. Um, it was originally called When These Shoes Were New and then the title was changed by the record company. But it's one of those ones that, you know, you hear people singing at parties and they don't even realise it was him that wrote it. It's become a real sort of folk sort of you know, classic song, um, and you hear it all over the place and a lot of people don't realise it was him. Um, so I'd maybe start with that. So another event coming up um, on the 1st of February as part of Celtic Connections. Um, it's a book launch event, um, so James Robertson will be hosting that, but there's also a lot of, of live music happening in this show as well. Um, myself and Chris, who I'm performing with tonight, he's we're going to be part of that, um, and there are lots of other uh, big names to watch out for in that show. So, 1st of February, getting your diary. <laughs> so, Michael, we'll see uh, all of his tracks being covered by folk just as you always wanted anyway. Absolutely, yes. Well, Alice, thanks a million uh, for chatting to us tonight, and good luck with your gig. You're welcome, thank you. That was Alice Mara. This is the song she mentioned. This is When These Shoes Were New, or Take Me Out Drinking Tonight.
right is heavy and the left it is light If it's left up to you then I know what you do Honey, take me out drinking tonight Honey, take me out drinking tonight All of my brothers that I met on the way They were drinking by night They were drinking by day I restored to my eyes What was clear and was right Honey, take me out drinking tonight Honey, take me out drinking tonight Honey, take me out drinking That's Michael Mara with When These Shoes Were New or Take Me Out Drinking Tonight. New Ali, before we go, far do we get the book? Michael Mara, Arrest This Moment, about the life of Michael Mara by James Robertson. It's published by Big Sky Publishers, and that's www.bigsky.scot, price £16.99. What a cracker of a book that is. I really think says because James Robertson is one of the best writers in Scotland, Aye. he's able to do the complex subject of Michael Mara do real justice. Right, I'll finish with this quote from the book. It's a quote by his pal Craig Coulthard. He says, At the funeral, Michael's brother, Chris, said, Listen to Michael's music. Play it to your friends. And Craig says, And so I ask you to do exactly that. There will be no more music from Michael Mara, so make the most of what he did produce. And Ali, that is exactly fit will be. We finished this special programme featuring the launch of James Robinson's biography with one of my favourite all-time songs, one of Michael's songs that some folk think should be Scotland's national anthem. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Abdi that contributed to this special programme. Ali, and that special gathering, of course. Absolutely. Cheers to Abdi for letting us get the crack with him. Okay, this is Hermless. We my hand on my hair and my hair in my mouth. We arms that could reach out the sea. My feet might be big, but the insects are safe. They'll never get stood on by me. There's never no bother for me Going to the library I take a book And then I go him for my tea Save all the coupons That come with the soup And when I I've saved 53 I send a wife 50 But three in the drawer 
And something gets posted to me There's never the bother for me I do what I'm dealt And a tidy maroon And then I come down for my tea There's a north wall lads Who could cry my chums they're canny and meek as can be There's Tamwee's pigeons and Wallwee's mice And Robert McLennan 